Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let Mom's Green Thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give Mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves the experience of cracking them open or you love the convenience of no-shell pistachios like myself, Wonderful Pistachios is the perfect healthy snack for when hunger strikes. And there are a bunch of tasty flavors to choose from too, like honey roasted, smoky barbecue, jalapeno lime, and more. Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Hello, hello, everybody. Ooh. Good morning. Good afternoon, depending on what coast you are on. Why am I so bright? Am I really bright? Because you got like your I'm blinds open. You got your, you have your blinds open, and we live in Listen. sunny South Florida. There we go. Now we're adjusting. Listen, I'm Ashley Nicole Moss, and if you're wondering why <laughs> I am home, if you cannot hear by my voice, I caught a cold. So instead of getting my teammates sick, I'm taking one for the team, and I'm doing my show, my part of the show, from home, Brandon Marshall's in the building. B-Flow is, I don't know where B-Flow is. You know where B-Flow is, Brandon? B, I wouldn't be surprised if B-Flow's like in a darkness retreat somewhere. You know, like, oh isn't God. he like the most interesting person? It's like, it's like he's like ratchet on one end, right? He comes from the hood. But then he's like super, super like enlightened. So I don't he's know. A, he's a man of mystery, as we like to say. A man of mystery. I like that. That's exactly. A man of mystery. <laughs> B is so funny. I don't know, Ashley. I don't know if this dude's in the mountain with the monks or if he's in the hood with the with the with the with them with them boys. <laughs> oh my god. Well, listen. A lot went down yesterday, and I'm upset that he's not here to go ahead and defend his Kansas City Chiefs because they dropped the ball against the Philadelphia Eagles last night in an absolute, I just, I think we can go ahead and say a complete shocker of a game. Not so much because the Eagles won. I mm -hmm. think that, you know, going into this game, we already knew the Chiefs were a slight two and a half point favorite. So it could have swung either way. But the fashion in which they lost, mm -hmm. Kansas City at least, was mind-blowing so many drop passes from so many different guys repeatedly over and over and over again at the worst possible time Patrick Mahomes also didn't look that great we'll dive into that and um also it was raining and as you know Brandon in the rain anything can happen it's tough and it sure did so we're going to talk about did the Chiefs fail Mahomes 
or are the Eagles just that good? Right. So listen, and uh, another thing that we need to dive into, Ashley, and I, I'm, it's going to be cool to get your perspective here and for me to also give you my perspective and you respond to that. But Tom Brady, our guy, said that the NFL is really uh, mediocre. So let's we'll mm. dive in that. Make sure we get into that, okay? Don't forget. I sometimes won't, I won't listen. Sometimes when First we get to the get end of the show, you, you you like take stuff out the show. No, I won't take that out because I did see that, and that was actually very interesting to hear Brady say that. So before we dive into yeah. that, um, we're gonna go ahead and dive into the Kansas City Chiefs as they faced the Philadelphia Eagles Monday Night Football last night, and it was a rematch of the Super Bowl rematch of the Kelsey Brother Bowl. Um, but the Chiefs were unable to hold on to the ball. It seemed like most of the game. Now, it was a struggle for Jalen Hurts in the offense in the first half. So the Chiefs definitely got the better of them in that in that aspect. But big plays in the second half and a couple of tush pushes or brotherly shoves, as they like to say it in Philadelphia, helps Philadelphia get the win. Um, we have to start. Actually, let's start with the winning side first before we start on the other side, because I feel like that's going to be a lot more to talk about. We talk about this all the time. Good teams, great football teams, find a way to win. That's right. That's exactly what Philadelphia did. First half didn't go well for them. Also, um, it was raining. That's right. And as you always say, the rain changes the entire landscape of a football game and essentially takes away home field advantage, which prior to the game, you said Arrowhead, that home field advantage is very, very real didn't seem to matter in this game. What did you make of Philadelphia's um, performance? I hate that you put me in the box, Ashley, and you say you wanted to start with the Philadelphia Eagles. I think there uh, was a we lot to – got to start with the winner. We got to yeah, start I with the winner. Yeah, I know. There's so much to learn about both teams, and I can't wait to dive into, like, all of my takeaways. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles, they didn't look good. They really didn't. And they didn't show me – they didn't show me much. Now, obviously, you know I picked the Philadelphia Eagles to win – this game right and so I was expecting a little more I had them by six they end up winning by four I believe it was um but but it still says a lot about them for them to have the best record in the NFL and still mustered out a win in Arrowhead in those conditions says a lot about this team like how good are they like how good are they so um I wasn't impressed by the win defensively they stood up they did some cool things defensively um obviously the Chiefs you know shot themselves in the foot at time a lot of drop balls but for them to find a way to win in those conditions says a lot about this team and everybody in the NFC uh is is on notice and they've been on notice for almost two years now um I, I know they're watching film right now looking at the missed opportunities and pushing themselves on how they can be better um but Jalen Hurts you know, first half, uh, second Not half, great. great when they needed him to be right. Um, he was also a lot. He was also under a lot of pressure. I feel like through yes. all four quarters of the game, specifically the first half, but I feel like all four quarters, just under immense amount of pressure, that Kansas City defense was really getting to him, um, and multiple times in multiple ways. And uh, there's Cooper. Hi. Cooper. <laughs> Cooper's making an appearance on the show. Cooper's getting Hi, big. Cooper. He's getting big. He is big. Cooper, you want to say hi? Here, come here. Cooper. Everybody say hi to Cooper. <laughs> hey, Cooper. Hey, Cooper. Let me ask you a question, Cooper. 
So I know you guys were watching the game. You weren't watching the game because I know that household, uh, the we Moss household. I know y'all were watching the game. You, yeah, Miss, Mr. Jeff, Miss Patty, Cooper, everybody's watching. Not because y'all fans, but because y'all are Eagle haters, Cooper. Now, were you upset, Cooper? Bark if you were upset that the Eagles won. Bark, Cooper. <laughs> hey, Ashley, I was sitting there watching this game, and I was thinking about you because I was like, Ashley, Mr. Jeff, Miss Patty, every is 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 Miss Patty a, a Cowboys fan? Of course, by association. Yeah, right, right. I feel like it's like deep in y'all blood, though. You and your dad. I feel like that's more of like you and your dad's thing. But you know, we never really talked about your mom and uh, part of this whole Dallas Cowboys uh, yeah club. But um, no, so cool. So. I was thinking about you guys last night when I was watching the game. I was like, Ashley is probably feeling really good because if the Eagles drop this, then that helps puts out. it helps the Cowboys out. Because I still believe this is going to come. Well, it's going to be tough. They got what are they now? Two and a half, three games behind the Eagles. Yeah. But I was thinking about you guys last night. Um, the Eagles, like I said, Ashley, before Cooper came in and tried to take over our show. You know, we know we have a lot of dog lovers too out there, but. The Eagles didn't show me much, Ashley. They really didn't. And and I gonna I'm going to say this. That. Go ahead. I was going to ask. That was my next question for you was, yes, the Eagles got the win. Great teams find a way to win in terrible circumstances. And I feel like these were terrible circumstances from the weather, home field advantage or lack thereof, or maybe partially home field advantage. Jalen Hurts under pressure. You know, Philadelphia offense not really clicking, it seemed like, on all cylinders. Were you impressed by this win, or was this more of just the Chiefs kind of falling apart? Or is that even fair to say? Well, well, so so listen, when you win and you play, like for me, when you play below the standards, and they play well below their standards, I truly believe that, right? Like they didn't capitalize off of the Kansas City mistakes. You know, Patrick Mahomes throws a pick in the red zone. They end up punting the ball. Now they had to go to distance. Um, uh, Travis Kelsey turnover. I believe they didn't turn that into points, right? They didn't start fast in Arrowhead. We're talking about in the thirteen in the fourth quarter, thirteen minutes. So it's still a full quarter. The Chiefs are about to go up by ten points. Travis Kelsey runs a simple stick route, turns it up. Now the DB peanut punches him. Peanut punches him. Boom. Ball comes out. He's punching the ground. He runs over to the sideline. He's like, what the hell? He knows he messed up. You see the swing? They were about to go up 10 points. The Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, up by 10 points and that defense playing well. And then all of a sudden, what? They lose by four. And so if you're the Philadelphia Eagles, you're like, whoo. You know what I'm saying? Like, we, we played like trash and we still won. So, like, do you feel good about it? And it's actually a boost to your confidence because, like, damn, just what if, right? But I, I this is going to sound so ridiculous. This is going to sound so ridiculous. I was watching ESPN earlier, Ashley and uh, Shannon Sharp and Stephen A. Smith. Stephen A. Smith went through his, his five A's, like basically his top five teams. Shannon Sharp didn't even have the Chiefs in the top five anymore. He took them out. <laughs> he took them out. What? They lose a game. Hold on, listen to this. They lose a game, and he takes the Chiefs out. Oh, the, how they've been playing the last couple of weeks. They were 7-2 going into this game. Lamar Jackson and the Ravens lose. He has them at three, right? So this is just I'm – just, I'm, just, I'm just teeing us up, right, teeing us up for what I'm about to say. 
Was it the fashion in which they lost that he chose to remove them? How did they lose? He lost by four. In which way did they lose? Ashley, tell me. I like, mean, a lot of drop passes. The offense looked horrendous. Um, I mean, it, maybe it's the fashion. Maybe it's the standard in which he he had the Chiefs and the way that the Chiefs lost. The combination of the two, it was like, ugh, I can't have him. But taking him out of your top five at all, I mean, completely is insane. Maybe like knocking him down a few, but... He has the Lions yeah. above them. He has the even the Ravens, who I, I think the Ravens, we can have that conversation another time, but I think the Ravens are the team, will be the team that can and potentially will knock off the Chiefs. But here's what I'm going to say, right? The Chiefs looked amazing. Take the drop balls away. Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is out there creating I mean, some of those throws in those elements was unbelievable. How many? I was watching uh, the the Manning cast, right? So I was watching the Manning cast, and Peyton Manning, your yeah. guy, Peyton Manning, kept saying like, every time there's a drop ball, he's like, yeah, that's what I do too. Put my hands on it like this, right? <laughs> How many times did he do it? How many times people in the stands was doing that? But he looked amazing. Take away those drop balls. You're playing against the Philadelphia Eagles, the team that you just played against in the Super Bowl. Okay, this is a big rematch. It's Monday Night Football, prime time. And you're you're in the third, your fourth quarter, about to go up by ten. Travis Kelsey loses the ball. He never loses the ball. They don't turn the ball over like that. Good teams don't beat themselves. If they would have went up ten, it would have been a totally different story. Now we would be saying, "Oh my goodness, how bad are the Philadelphia Eagles?" Maybe Shannon Sharp takes the Philadelphia Eagles out of his top five if they hold on to the ball and they go in and score. He was on the fifteen yard line. Catches the little stick route. Now he's on the nine, gets peanut punch, balls out, totally changes the game, right? In that moment, I was sitting there just watching. I was like, oh, my goodness. I, I picked the Eagles, but the Chiefs look so good. Take away these drop balls. They look so good. They're dominating this team. So, Ashley, at one point, I believe they were up 17-7, to I believe. I believe they were up 17-7. to Yeah. And so uh, the Chiefs – look really good I think all of those mistakes are correctable now they, they they have had some drops in the past but I don't think that's going to be the to their detriment come you know end of the year going into the postseason their defense played phenomenal you just talked about the pressure they got on Jalen Hurts the defense yeah. they never had a defense like this they held AJ Brown the black Batman to what eight yards <laughs> I gotta, I gotta so so back, so though I feel like go ahead yes defense defense looked amazing and, you know, in situations where the weather is unpredictable or messy, usually the defense is what keeps you in the game and allows, you know, the offense to figure, excuse me, to figure things out. But I don't know how you can see how the Chiefs offense played or didn't play and say they played amazing. I mean, there were multiple drop passes right. at the worst possible times. And let's not forget the drop pass that could have gone ahead and sealed the game for them to win. That's right. Patrick Mahomes, it Patrick Mahomes should it wasn't even like goosebumps. Look at me. I got goosebumps. Patrick Mahomes walking over. Keep talking. Keep giving me more goosebumps. Keep he giving was me. Keep going. Throwing it to them, and they were dropping these passes. Ashley, those are all correctable. We can correct those. We can correct those. Ashley, what do you expect? This is a top five defense. These are two really. This was two really good offenses, top ten offenses versus top five defenses. This, now I wonder why they, you know, they were in the Super Bowl last year, right? 
Ashley, they did a great job. Like, I'm talking about the Philadelphia Eagles against Patrick Mahomes. They really did, okay? But for them to be in position to go up two scores against the Philadelphia Eagles, a top-five defense, and it and the reason why they didn't is because of a Travis Kelsey fumble, the best tight end ever, okay? Drop balls, those are correctable. And, and, and so even when we think about these drop balls, I'll be honest with you, in those games, in those moments, I probably would have dropped the ball too. You know what I'm saying? Like, I I would – actually, do you know how hard it is to go out there when it's drizzling or it's raining and you got these damn gloves on or you're trying to figure out, do I go leather gloves? Do I go no gloves? Do I put tape on my fingers? Do I wear the – you get in your head, right? And so I just think those things are correctable, right? And, and obviously you can't always uh, have the best conditions. You're not always going to have, you know, being put in the best situation – I just think that, you know, those weren't schematic problems. Those weren't, you know, these guys aren't good. Man, we can we can get that fixed. You know how we get that fixed? Andy Reid and, and, and Patrick Mahomes walk in and say, hey, guys, wet ball drill. We can't have any more of these drops, which I got to do. So. so you're not concerned at all. I mean, the Chiefs offense is already in comparison to Philly's offense. Let's go ahead and just use these two teams because these are the two that played each other. Right. They're already at a disadvantage because the the Eagles' offense is drastically better. There's more weapons. The Chiefs' offense really is like four guys. So you can't afford to have those four guys dropping passes. Well, three guys, if you include Patrick Mahomes, because he's the quarterback, to so take him out. It's really three guys. You can't afford to have them dropping passes. That's your entire offense, unfortunately. Yeah, but that's only one game. They're not perfect. A wide receiver. Yeah, but they're not perfect. Hell, one game I dropped four balls in one game, I believe. I think it was Detroit, 2009, maybe 2010. I dropped four balls. <laughs> you know how painful that is and how embarrassing that is? You drop a ball, especially after, like, your second one, and you walk. You got to walk back to the sideline. You got to look everybody in the face. It happens. It happens. So they're, they're in perfect position. I really do. I, they never had a defense like this. That defense looked phenomenal. You know what you're getting out of Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. Now what we need is that other guy to step up. I love the running back. He's playing phenomenal. He's a monster. Now it's about, all right, now we're, we're, we're getting to that part of the season where we have to overcome some of these mistakes offensively. But that's the beautiful thing about Kansas City and both teams, right? These teams are complete teams. Special teams, they're, 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 they're winning field position back. Battles defensively, they're top five defensively. The Kansas City Chiefs, you gave Patrick Mahomes a top five defense. He's not going to lose too many games, Ashley. He's not. So no concern before we move on about the Kansas City Chiefs. Zero concern. You remember, I don't know if we can pull this up. Maybe you come in here and tell me how long it would take. Remember, maybe it was a week or two ago, we went through uh, Marsh Madness, my top five, you know, and I had like the, the Kansas City Chiefs, and then there was a big gap. And then I had the Philadelphia Eagles. Y'all remember that? Do we have that graphic? Yes. Woo. And it, it, can, how long would that take? Uh, we no, it's no go. Five minutes. five minutes. Okay, so it's a no go. We don't have it. Maybe pull it back later. Maybe maybe Ashley give me an opportunity to talk about this later on in the show. So let's pull it up, Woo, for later on in the show. Ashley, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think I where do you think I have the Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles now? Because remember, it was Kansas City Chiefs at one. Two was the Philadelphia Eagles, but like it was this? a huge gap. It's the same. It might even be bigger. It might even be bigger. I know. I know you. Logic here. Think about it, Ashley. Come on. If you, if you, if 
let's let's say you're Kansas City, Mr. Jeff. Uh, I don't know. Y'all are weird. Y'all are weird. 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 Weird family from New York and love the Dallas Cowboys. Crazy. Crazy. We're crazy. We're not the only one. There's a lot of us. So okay, let's know it's not. Yes, there is. Don't even say Jay Z. I know what you're about to say. Um, let's say you guys grew up in Chicago. You grew up in Chicago, but you felt you, y'all fell in love. Mr. Jeff fell in love with the Kansas City Chiefs. So now you guys bleed red and yellow. Okay, you're a Chiefs fan. If you're a Chiefs fan watching that last night, how do you feel today? What are you saying? Not great. Break it down, though. You're not. Go ahead. Give me. I a mean, I, it's. I'm not. Do I think that my season's over? No. Do I think that I can't make it back, you know, to the championship game or even the Super Bowl? No. But I'm concerned that my offense was dropping passes multiple times throughout this game and in multiple crunch clutch situations. I mean, and not passes that were impossible to catch, not passes that, yeah, maybe if he was like super athletic, he could... We're talking about passes that were literally thrown to them and slipping through their fingers. And yes, I understand the rain, but you got you watch some of those replays and they're hitting the palm of their hands and slipping through. I'm concerned by that. You know what? You but you know what? If you really was a fan, you know what you'd be saying? Cause fans like, you know, you live like in this uh you're very optimistic, right? And so you're probably saying Man, we dropped those balls. But if it, if it wasn't raining, we probably would have caught it. We probably would have caught. It. Put the reverse it. Travis Kelsey doesn't fumble. They score. They go up ten points. Now Philadelphia got to throw the ball. They got to throw the ball. You don't think there would have been any drop balls on that side of the ball? Because they got They got. They're in two minute mode now. They got to score. I guarantee there have probably been some drop balls. It's hard as hell to catch the ball in the rain. I'm sorry. Yes, there's some people that master it, but me be playing right receiver at a high level for a long time, I hated the rain. I hated it. So, Ashley, I truly believe you guys would be sitting there pissed off, but, like, man, if we if it wasn't raining, we're up maybe three scores. Travis Kelsey doesn't fumble the ball. We're up three scores. We blow this team out. I think you're more excited. I honestly think you guys are more excited about your team. I honestly do. Well, I mean, we shall see. I think that Kansas City, obviously, season's far from over. There's a lot of wins that are going to go ahead and happen in that column. But I feel like this game was a a little bit of a question mark. But in the long run, I think they'll be okay. We're going to switch gears a little bit, and we're going to talk about the Josh Dobbs hit that a lot of people questioned why was not why there was not a penalty called in real time. Kareem Jackson went ahead and had a hit on Josh Dobbs very early in the game when the Broncos faced off against the Vikings in Sunday Night Football. Well, that hit is now going to cost Kareem Jackson four games after he was suspended by the NFL. Now, again, it's important to note that this was not penalized during the game. I think we also have the video of um the hit for people who haven't seen it so can we go ahead and play there we Ooh. go Ooh. four games My ouch gosh. yeah Jeez. and listen this is important to note this is actually cream jackson's second suspension for a hit just like this but it happened to him 
earlier in the season, I believe he had a four-game suspension as well. So, Brandon, agree, disagree? Whew. I agree. I agree. And we had we had we had Kareem on the show, and he's a phenomenal person, a great great teammate, and I, he's not a dirt, dirty player. Um, he's been around. He's an OG. He's been around for a minute, and I I agree because. You know, I grew up in that era where you're hitting like that. I grew up in that. I came up hitting like that. Um, but things have changed. And so for you to be a, ref, a repeat offender and, and it's like an, and you put yourself in that position, meaning literally that position where you are in launching yourself with your no helmet. Way. Say that again. In the same season, no less, like weeks apart. Right. And, and so, yeah. you know, if, if you're the NFL, uh, how do you enforce this? This is how you enforce it. Right. Like, OK, cool. We gave you one or two games before we find you. We took your money. Now we're going to do it again. And it's it's painful. Now, I, I, I hate that something like this will cause someone like KJ, uh, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars, uh, potentially, maybe even more. I don't know his contract. Maybe he lose a million dollars this year off of those type of hits. I don't like that. Um but I do like that we are trying to protect our guys, right? Because I've said, I've okay, said so it. Go ahead. I want you to, because there are some people in the chat who disagree with the suspension, um, saying that Dobbs was a runner. You know, it's a clean hit. So right. while we loop this video, walk us through why this is not a clean hit and why this one should have been called in real time right. and two, why this deserves a suspension. First off, old school football, when I played, when I grew up going back to 2000, well, shoot, I go back to 90-something when I started playing Little League football. This is a great hit, great hit, all the way up until probably 2010, 2011, when they start changing the rules. Changing the rules, they're trying to take the hit out of the game. It's super simple. Do not lead with your hit. Why? Because we Kevin, this big conversation around CTE. We're seeing some of our dudes physically and emotionally uh, challenged post-career, even during their career. So the NFL is trying to take the hit out of the game. And so if you run it back one more time, okay, if you run it back one more time, we're, we're not even, that's not even a technique anymore. What they're teaching is run in there with your shoulder, almost your, your chest board, almost. So DBs don't hate it. And I do believe they're in a vulnerable position, so there's more to it. But the rule is the rule. The rule is don't launch with your helmet. So he goes in there and launch with his helmet. Look, he could be concussed. Dobbs can be concussed, right? And we don't want to see that. Okay, cool. Y'all like the hit. Oh, wow, great. Look at the balls in the air. So much action. It's fun. It's so much excitement. But what if Dobbs, six weeks from now, eight weeks from now, you saw him in your local grocery store and he got glasses on? Right, because the, the light is still hurting him. He can't even walk straight, right? Because he's still off. Right? Is that what you want? Or do you want you have you ever seen some of these older players, the Jim Browns of the world, rest in peace? Like you ever seen them at 50, 60? Actually, I know you've seen yeah. them at seen them around. Some of our players are in, in, in terrible condition. So this is why you take the hit out of the game. And I know there's legends. Uh, that think the opposite. I'm just one of those guys that appreciate the changes, and I played the game very violently uh, for probably 90% of my career, and I'm going back to six um, years old. They also There's also disarray on NFL Twitter about the lack of it being called in real time and how there should be a penalty against the referee 
who missed that call when it was as clear as day. And some people are arguing that, well, if the referee missed it, why should Kareem get four games for a call that wasn't for a penalty that wasn't called in real time? What's your pushback against that? Yeah, you just never know. Like it's human error, right? It's just in any sport, you know, they don't catch it all. And so that's why you have replay. That's why you have these processes in place where you can go back and you can maintain the integrity of the game, maintain the integrity of the rules. So, no, I don't believe that the ref uh, should be fine. Um, now, if this is a ref that c continues to miss, then, you know, they need to be demoted or potentially let go. Or maybe we look at uh, rules like that where refs could be held accountable. And they do that, right? Like, I don't know if, a lot, if, if people know this, but the reward for a lot of these refs are postseason Super Bowl. When you're really good, right. you do a great job, you get more opportunities. So not only being able to be on that type of stage, but also it's more money for you. So those are the incentives for the refs to get it right. I think the NFL is getting it right here. I know a lot of my teammates that I played with, I know a lot of uh, the guys that came before me, they see it differently. Hell, Tom Brady even spoke on that recently, and I think we're going to talk about that a little later. And, and, and I'm just a guy that's on the other end of the spectrum totally. In my household, we not. I, I hate that we got footballs in the house. Mikey, you come in my crib – Daddy ain't got no, there ain't no action photos hung up, right? I had a couple jerseys of other guys and teammates, but it wasn't until four, my, 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 my oldest son, Z, it wasn't until four or five where there was a football in the crib. I came home from practice one day, I think we were in New York, and I saw this little Jets football. And I looked at Mishi and I'm like, why, what, what, what is this football? What's going on? Because like the rules are the rules, right? Like I didn't even want them to be associated with it around it. And there was a game, it was a ball that came from, you know, promotion at the game and they snuck one in. And now, like, both of my sons have the bug. They want to play football. And just yesterday we was arguing, you know, someone asked them a question like, what sports do you play or what sports are you or what sports do you want to play when you get older? Or what your dad say? It's like tennis and basketball. And I said, yep. And he said, but I'm going to play football. I said, ah, ah, ah. So. No, this is well, good. Listen. I'm glad both of them are okay. Uh, hopefully that, you know, he uh, – hopefully Kareem um, challenges this and maybe it goes from four games to two games and he gets some of his money back and they get back on track because the Broncos are on track. Did we – did I – Ashley, did you know that Russell Wilson has the, the, the longest winning streak in the NFL right now? Did you know that? I did not know that, but you I'm know, sure you knew that. You know that? Oh. Did you, Jason, you know, the four-game winning streak? You know, they beat some really good teams, three teams above 500. We're talking about uh, the Chiefs. And who did they beat this weekend, Ashley? Really good team? Was it a good team? The Vikings. Vikings was hot. Jobs hot. Yeah, 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 yeah. And was it the Eagles they beat too? Who was the other team? Am I missing something? I'm missing one? It wasn't the Eagles. Was it the Eagles? No. Who was it? It was Vikings. Chiefs. I know they beat the Packers. It was another team. Packers. What's the fourth team? Let me pull it up right now. We got, Let's just – I know we got uh, a guest coming on here to talk about, yo, rookie. But I just want to make sure that we, we're giving the Denver Broncos and Russell Wilson their love because the, the bandwagon is getting packed, packed. It's the Bills. Ashley, it was Bill, the Bills. Right, the Bills. 
Oh, my goodness. So Kareem Jackson hopefully gets back out there because I, I, I have the Denver Broncos only losing one more game. One more game. That's it. They beat the Raiders. They beat the Chargers twice. They beat the Patriots. Do they lose to the Lions? Do they lose to the Texans? They got the Browns this week, Ashley. I know we can talk about that later. I'm getting off track a little bit here, but we're talking about Kareem and, and, and the Denver Broncos. I just – I didn't know if you watched. I, I don't know if you've been watching, seeing what's going on with um, the Denver Broncos and Russell Wilson. Is Russell Wilson cooked? Oh, my God. Moving on from Russell Wilson, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Zach Wilson, as the Jets' starting quarterback, is officially cooked. But before we get into that, about three hours ago, Adam Schefter revealed the news that the Steelers have fired offensive coordinator Matt Canada. So just yesterday, we were talking about the Steelers and how they are one of the worst offense or the worst offense in the NFL. Najee Harris spoke about the lack of commitment with the team. And now the OC is officially out. Brandon, thoughts? Yeah, we, we talked about this yesterday, right? Like, <laughs> said Mike, Coach Tomlin is going to do something, right? When you have two of your wide receivers pissed off, think one of them had to be separated from an assistant coach. Hell, probably was Matt Canada. You have your running back publicly talking about that. And this is an organization that know. Some organizations just don't know. Sometimes you go, you know, some of these teams like, let's say, uh, the Chicago Bears don't have strong leadership yet at the top because this is a new general manager, so he hasn't really implemented everything, and it trickled down all the way down to the equipment managers. Some guys just don't know. Like, I expect this from the Arizona Cardinals. I expect this from, you know, any of these bottom-feeding teams. But the Pittsburgh Steelers to have a running back publicly say what he said? Oh, something got to happen. He had to do this or he was going to lose the whole locker room or half of it because the defense is playing well. They always play well. But this is a real thing. So he goes out there and he fires Matt Canada. And I would say it's probably two weeks too late. Well, it ain't too late. We'll Ooh. see because they're sitting in a good position. I don't want to say that. They're sitting in a good position, right? But they needed this to happen. How the hell do you have this young receiver over there that man, like I think he has the the biggest catch radius in the league right now. That's over all the dogs. It, Justin ha Justin Jefferson healthy, okay. Uh, Adams, even Garrett Wilson has a crazy catch radius. Throw it anywhere, they go pluck the ball anywhere. Fingers. But this kid, you mean to tell me he had what uh, uh, thirty yards or something? Was it thirty yards? Like I like you know he has like thirty catches on the season. Are you kidding me? What are we doing here? Right. So, Ashley, I'm not surprised. Uh, this was a good move. It's uh, you can say an unexpected move for the Pittsburgh Steelers. They never they never do things like this. They keep their hands steady. They don't matter. You know, they, they keep everything internal. And so when you have these guys coming out, speaking the way they, they spoke, you know, things change and they made this change. And I think it can potentially give them a spark, you know, like. We'll see who they put in that position as interim offensive coordinator and see if he can get these guys going. If they do, it could get scary, right, because our defense is playing well. And for them to play this bad offensively and still be sitting at 6-4, and four, I believe, Ashley, for them to still be sitting at 6-4, and four, like, man, that's a testament to Coach Tomlin and everybody else in that building. So. All right. Well, listen, like I said, um, the Jets – 
have benched Zach Wilson. He has played his last game, at least it appears, his last game um, as a starting quarterback for the New York Gents. Now, Wilson was benched Monday, and now Tim Boyle will be New York's QB1 when they face the Dolphins this Friday in Amazon's Black Friday game. Now, the offense was historically bad with Zach running the show, but check out this tweet from former Jet Damian Woody on the situation. Go ahead and throw that up there. He says, Tim Boyle slash Zach Wilson, it doesn't matter. QB position was third in the pecking order of problems for the Jets offense. Play caller and offensive line Ooh. are the biggest issues. Told Raven, you. Agree? Disagree. Well, you remember what we talked about yesterday? What did I say about the offensive coordinator? Remember I said you can't make a move there. Why? Because of Aaron Rodgers. That's his guy, Nathaniel Hackett. Last year, when uh, Aaron Rodgers was going through it with Green Bay, they thought that, well, that was before. They thought that wherever Nathaniel Hackett went, Aaron Rodgers was going to go. This was maybe two years ago, right? So now, fast forward to this 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 offseason. Nathaniel Hackett gets fired. We gets fired last year, Denver Broncos. Everybody thought wherever Nathaniel Hackett goes, that's probably where Aaron Rodgers lands. So if Aaron Rodgers was the quarterback, would they be in this position? Probably not. So if they if they if they look at Nathaniel Hackett wrong, Aaron Rodgers go ahead a whole building upside down. So you can't do nothing. You're stuck. Cause I agree. I agree that uh, uh, Nathaniel Hackett, it, there's some challenges there. Challenges because your offense is so robust and so complicated, and you've been running this whole thing with uh, with Aaron Rodgers, maybe one of the uh, top three, top five all-time quarterbacks ever, and then you have Zach Wilson who's already struggling and you throw him out there? Like, man, that, that that's not it. Zach Wilson, seeing Zach Wilson in the pocket one, two, three, throw. One, two, three, look left, look right. Like, that is not even, that's not, that's not his game. He, he has like juice. That's what I was excited about when it came to Zach Wilson. I wanted to see a little bit of juice. I want to see him out the pocket, the sidearms. He had a play a couple weeks ago where he's looking left, throws a no looker down the middle of the field. It was beautiful. Like, I want to see more of that. Like, that's, that's when he's at his best. But he couldn't do that. Right. And so, uh, yes, I agree with Woody, uh, Ashley, that. You know Zach Wilson definitely contribute to it, uh, but when you're when you're young and you're struggling and you get, you're in this type of situation, man, that play caller is everything. Offensive line, that's everything. Give me some time. Give me some time. They didn't do that. They didn't do that, and they can't touch Nathaniel Hackett. They can't touch Nathaniel Hackett until Aaron Rodgers is done. When Aaron Rodgers say I'm retired, I'm done playing ball, then watch what happens. Nathaniel Hackett gonna be out the door too. I can't. I, they, I, I don't even know why I'm saying this because, you know, I'm going to be in that building one floor in park. Oh, my God. And, well, <laughs> last time I was there, me and Nathaniel Hack was sitting in the, uh, eating lunch. <laughs> See, this is the problem with TV, Ashley. This is the problem, right? I go out here and say this. Now what happened when I walk into the building? They're going to be looking at me like I'm crazy. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, we're going to take a little break, and we will be right back with our, our Yo Rookie segment. And we also have a special guest. David Anderson will be joining us. A former NFL wide receiver and breakaway data CEO. You don't want to miss it. We'll be right back. Crawford, bro. The, hey, the menace, bro. Bro, when he came out to Eminem. Fight over. That we was all was like, oh, shit. 
<laughs> M don't come out for nobody. Man, that was an awesome moment too, man. Awesome moment. And uh, you can tell Terrence was in his, he was in his, in his bag. When I look at that fight, man, I, I just think Spence uh, with the, the layoff too. See, this is what has to be addressed. All these fighters are in these big fights. They're coming in with long layoffs. And you're never going to be your best when you ain't fought in a year. You ain't fought in a year and a half. Okay, okay, okay. So, boom, mandatory rematch is going to happen probably the beginning of 2024. Yeah, I don't like the rematch mm. for Spence. You know, that's just my personal knowing the game like I know it. I think Crawford's going to get better. He's going to get better, bro. He won. He's the undisputed champion. What do you think he's thinking about? You feel me? He's going to get better, bro. So I don't like the rematch for Spence. But if it happens, hopefully it's at 54. But it don't have to be at 54 because the winner has the option of either fighting at whatever way he wants. So Crawford could still say, if you want this fight, we're going to fight at 47. Now what? Mm -hmm. He's going to have the same issues that they say he had. You know, he's ready to move up. He don't think his body can... Take the 54. So so who you think that uh Bud should see next? Man, I think Bud, right now, Bud got an uh option, man. He can fight who he wanna fight one time. Yeah. And then get back to the defending the titles and all that. But I think he deserves a fight like Fury got now, where he's gonna make a big bag and he's gonna pick the guy he wanna fight. Oh, right, right, right. You feel me? Got a guy coming to fight his first fight from MMA. Mm -hmm. Fighting a heavyweight champion of the world. You feel me? Yeah. Now that fight, I it's hard for me to see Nagano really having. Yeah, that's gonna be poised. Come on, it's fair. You got anything, Mike Tyson in your corner and all that, him, but that ain't enough. Right? He got to land that, that big enough. punch. That ain't enough. The only thing that can allow that to be more nothing. No, no. Listen, if Tyson Fury was, I don't think. I think he got two hundred million reasons now to take this fight serious because he already signed to fight Usyk. That's a bad. Oh, man, when you have a fight set and you sign another fight, you don't really like to do that in boxing because anything can happen. And when mm -hmm. you got your mind set on the, the next thing, yeah. it can get you overseas. You're not respecting this opponent. It's hard to. Right. It's really hard to when you think about it. Come on, brother, let's be honest. But this guy don't have everything a top heavyweight boxer would have. Right. You feel me? So he's going to try to come in here with one thing and only is power. You know, come on. I don't think I don't think he's gonna land. Nobody thinks. So you know that. I'm gonna say that. Yeah. Came up from the mud, it's like I walk around with a shoe stain. Uncle gave me fire when we kicked it, he was Lou Kane. Remember we were struggling for it, then it needed loose change. What's now up, everybody? Welcome back to the show. It mm -hmm. is now time for Yo Rookie, presented by Pepsi Zero Sugar, NFL Rookie of the Week. All right, all right. Listen, congratulations first and foremost to CJ Stroud, who was Rookie of the Week for the second straight Again? week. No surprise there. No surprise there, Brandon. Um, and spoiler alert, he is back on the list for Week 11. Again, no surprise there. So, BC, go ahead and throw those Week 11 nominees on the screen for us. All right, here we go. A new face on the list. We have the Giants quarterback, Tommy DeVito. 
who threw for 246 yards and three touchdowns. Still in, in his Giants parents' win. basement. Yes, coming live from his parents' basement. <laughs> Listen, C.J. Stroud, no surprise there, threw for 336 yards and two touchdowns in the Texans' win. We have number three, Jamar Gibbs, running back from the Detroit Lions, had 95 yards from scrimmage and one rushing touchdown in the Lions' win. We have Tank Dell also out of Houston joining his quarterback. A wide receiver caught eight passes for 149 yards and a touchdown in week 11. We have Jaden Reed out of Green Bay recorded 92 yards from scrimmage and a rushing touchdown in the Packers win. And a new face on the list, we have linebacker Yaya Diaby had four tackles and two sacks in love week his name. 11. Brandon, it's nice to see some new faces on the list, right? There is. And then also like some guys that are new but starting to pop up a little bit more like Jaden Reed, right? Like I think he hit uh, as a nominee maybe two weeks ago and see him come back around. That's good. See, this, the beautiful part about – you know, this Ashley, like we're seeing it, right? Like a guy makes it to the league and it's some people say that it's harder to stay. And how do you break through? It's like this welcome to the NFL moment. So some of these guys halfway through the year, they either hit a rookie wall and a rookie wall is like, damn, by this time, usually the our season's over in college football. And so like their bodies aren't used to it. Their minds aren't used to it. But then there's, a, there's some of these guys that continue to show up or starting to show up now. It's like, oh, they broke through that rookie wall. They're about to take off and really tell the NFL, like, hey, I'm here. And so it's pretty cool seeing these guys ball. Uh, C.J. Stroud, what he's doing, Ashley, is just next level. Tank Dale. Oh, my goodness. I wish we could show more footage. Ashley, Nicole Moss. Oh, I got goosebumps thinking about it. Tank Dale had the most amazing route that I've ever seen this Sunday. He ran like a, a in, up, stutter, go. I was like, what the hell is that? It was unbelievable. So it's pretty cool seeing these guys develop and really uh, take the NFL by storm. I love that. Well, speaking of taking the NFL by storm and life after football, we have a special guest joining us who has something um, the similar – has something he can relate to you with, Brandon. Can you guess what that is? Business. Big business. Is it I business? I was going to go football first. It's, can you take a guess? Can you take a guess? Oh, oh yeah. Of course I know. Wide receiver. What do you mean? 2006, yes, we were drafted. Wide receiver for the Denver Broncos and current CEO of Breakaway Data, David Anderson, is joining us. Welcome to the show, yeah. David. <laughs> oh, your audio. Turn your audio up. You're on mute. Come on. 06 draft. Hold on. Time out. Time out. Time out. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Time out. See, David, we can get into this. Maybe we need a whole sit down, a whole hour. Okay. He's done some amazing things in tech, Ashley. I think he's more of a Hall of Famer. He's hey, he's having a better business We're gonna career. We're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. Football. I, was, I was blurring the lines of football first. Okay, but Ashley, don't, don't, don't take it easy on him. How the hell does a tech guy come in here and not know how to turn on his audio? Well, you got, you got, there was someone on the background was muting me. I didn't know if that was going to be done by you guys or me. But yeah, you're, <laughs> zoom, zoom, zoom and the Wi-Fi, you never figure out. That's, that's the, the two hardest things. <laughs> we love you, man. Thanks for coming on. 2006, uh, seventh round, pick 251. We love you, brother. Uh, I was drafted in 2006. Ashley, you know who else was drafted in 2006 to the Houston Texans? 
Who? The guy who's leading the Houston Texans now. This was his teammate. They were there at the Why? same time, 2006 to 2011. That's his boy. My boy, boy. Wow. We should, I'll tell you a quick D'Amico Ryan story if we got 30 seconds here. So it's NFL training camp, uh, July 28th. Um, uh, Gary Kubiak gets up and says, hey, guys, uh, we got a birthday boy. Uh, this guy's been making tons of plays out here. We're really excited for him to lead this team. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Everybody give it up for Anthony Weaver. And we're like, what? Anthony Weaver's birthday, July 28th. Anthony Weaver's now the defense coordinator for the Ravens or, or assistant defense coordinator, assistant head coach. And all of a sudden, the uh, uh, equipment manager runs up to Coach Kubiak and says, no, 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 there's one more birthday. And they're like, oh, wait, we have a rookie. This guy's birthday is also today. He was drafted. He's been making plays. He was out there with the ones today. I was out there with the ones that day. I was like, oh, shit, they're going to tell me it's my birthday. And they're like, everybody give it up for D'Amico Ryans. And so D'Amico Ryans, Anthony Weaver, and Dave Anderson, I got no love. No love. <laughs> it was your birthday? July 28th, me, Anthony Weaver, D'Amico Ryans. Wow. You know why? David, they left, they left the seventh rounder out. So from then on, D'Amico, Anthony, and I are all on a text thread talking about our birthdays like you see every year just like ding 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 happy birthday bro gonna, i i love on. that and i can absolutely see you i could have seen, seen you go into coaching um but it's probably because you know you were seventh round he probably just overlooked you he didn't think that you were going to make the team probably that's right, probably what it was ashley yeah. Listen, I mean, let's talk about your professional career. We mentioned the Texans, the team that you were drafted to, the Denver Broncos, something you and Brandon share. Yeah. A second stint with the Houston Texans and then the Washington Redskins when yeah. they were still the Redskins. Which team do you have the fondest memories of? So I think, and Brandon speaks to this, I've heard him talk about, like, he was just talking about with Aaron Rodgers and Nathaniel Hackett, and like, but Aaron Rodgers has been under probably like four different coaching trees now, but. Uh, like, I was under the Shanahan uh, coaching tree, which is from a Bill Walsh West Coast offense, right? And so, uh, Kubiak was my coach. Kyle Shanahan was my receivers coach. Matt LaFleur was our PN graduate assistant. Mike McDaniel was a graduate assistant. Robert Sala was wow. a graduate assistant. D'Amico Ryans we were drafted with. We had seven head coaches on that staff my rookie year. Wow. Um, or first two, three years. And a lot of people give the Redskins a lot of love, but the Texans were actually the first one to put that, put the, that staff together. Um, and I would say I learned more about the game of football those first couple of years um, than I had the, the previous probably, what, like 11? And um, I didn't realize how fortunate we were to have those coaches, right? I had no idea that Mike McDaniel was going to be the head coach of ours or LaFleur or Kyle. I was just like, oh, everyone gets coaches like this. And then even when coaches cycle through the Texans, I was like, oh, I miss the way Kyle used to teach us. I wish the way Mike used to teach us. Um, and, and you just found that those guys were amazing communicators. We, as players, when we get together at, like, alumni weekends, we almost feel like we failed them. And wow. then, like, we had a really good offense one year and a really bad defense. I lived in NFL purgatory my entire career. I was always 8-8, eight 7-9, and 9-7. Eight, and nine, nine and seven. We never really were really bad to get the first pick again. We were never really good to do anything in the playoffs, but um, that was a break. So my favorite was probably like that two-year stint on the Texans year three and four probably. So, so you know, you're talking about being in NFL purgatory, right? Uh, I feel like the Texans were there uh, just last year and for a couple of years, right? Are you shocked that your buddy, where you guys kind of share the same birthday, are you shocked yeah. that – are you surprised that D'Amico Ryans turned this team around the way he did so quickly? I know the first thing 
so we all kind of caught up on and, and wished him well and, and whatnot and and uh, been catching with uh, up with him over the years and seeing him in different places you know um and the one thing i knew he was going to come in there is really change the culture and i don't think people really understand that that is that is not that's something that kind of has to do with the players um but it really has to do with the the perception of guys that even are coming in new to the team because your roster is going to turn over 30 40 percent a year um and, and like the, those will change some of the nuances of the culture but the head coach, the general manager, the way that they treat players, the way that the staff treats players, the way that the equipment manager treats players—if they would all—they were all going to follow D'Amico. That was going to be a really strong culture and something that you can get behind. And, and players were going to understand what they had to do to win. And I think that's what they were missing: was that when you walked into the Patriots building for that long time, you knew exactly what, what was going to be expected of you. And I think that was what was made that culture so strong. And, and that's what everyone was uh, looking for is a culture where if you get picked up as a free agent or you get drafted, you know exactly what you're walking into. And I think people are starting to better understand what the Texans are and what they represent. You know, they, they know they're going to play tough, fast, physical football. Um, the city of Houston is rallying behind them big time. That, that's going to be a tough place to play in the coming years. Looks like they found their quarterback, but more importantly, I, I think they found a culture and, and a head coach that they can really get behind. Mm. Well, I mean, speaking of a culture and a head coach, let's shift gears to Brandon's favorite team, the one he does not stop talking about, the quarterback he does stop, he doesn't stop talking about, Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos. They've they've hit a stride. Right now they're sitting at 500, which is incredible considering how they started how they looked even going back to last season before Sean Payton even got there so are you a believer are you a member of the Brandon's Broncos bandwagon <laughs> I want to be a Broncos fan I like I liked my time at Colorado State I like uh, the Denver Broncos was the first NFL game I ever went to I got a bunch of friends that are Broncos but I'm not a believer in the Broncos I I, I don't think Alex, Alex Singletary, the middle linebacker, went to my high school. So, like, I want to root for them. And I text him all the time, tell him how big of a beast he is running around making all those tackles. But, like, I just can't really get behind. A, they're in the AFC West, which is a tough division. They're going to run into the uh, the, the um, Chiefs again. I don't see how they never win clean. It's always a super dirty win with some crazy lucky plays that they pull out of their butt. I'm not really uh I'm not really a big believer. I think they've turned it around from being it's going off the cliff to now it's actually a team that you can watch and get behind, but I don't see them winning more than nine games this year. Can I ask you a question? Can I ask you a question, David? Shots fired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 100%. 100%. It's okay. So, what year were you what what year were we uh drafted? 2006. Do you remember who won the Super Bowl that year? No. Pittsburgh Steelers beat the Seattle Seahawks. The final score was 21 to 10. Okay. okay. Our rookie year, okay, halfway through the year, the Steelers was damn near 500. They go on this crazy run second half of the season, and they end up winning the Super Bowl, hoisting the Lombardi Trophy. So can you see – I'm going to rephrase this question. Can you see – the Denver Broncos being the 2006 P- six Pittsburgh Steelers. 
No, I can't see it. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So who? Okay, okay, okay. Well, who who can you see? Well, finish up what you're about to say, but then tell me who you can see being a 2006 Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, I think the well to, to finish what I was saying about the Broncos. I, I don't. Um, I like the way that they righted the ship. I think you're right in that. I think they got a chance to maybe sneak into the playoffs. Maybe I highly doubt it. Um, the, what I don't like, what I like about them and which is important for every team to figure out is how to win when you play ugly. But the problem is you can't always expect that you got to go out there and just beat some teams. And I think, uh, that's kind of what they're missing is they're, they're not just like going out there and beating some teams. Um, who can be the Pittsburgh Steelers? Um, I don't know if it's going to be a Pittsburgh Steelers type of year. I see the Eagles playing amazing football. I see, I mean, even that game last night, I see the Chiefs playing amazing football. I see the 49ers playing really good football. I'm still a believer in the Dolphins, even though they haven't pulled out and beat I'm not. I, I like what they do, and I think that's tough to guard any game. Um, I would wonder how that would, as long as they can play in fast weather, I think they'll, they'll, they, could, they, they always got a chance. Um, so you – what about the Texans? Can you see the Texans? Can you see the Texans and your buddy drafted the same year, 2006? Y'all been in the trenches together. D'Amico Ryan's leading the Texans, right? I don't know. I, maybe I'm just not following the AFC South that much. I had no idea that the Jaguars were 7-3. and three. Oh, yeah, they're like, playing. They were yeah, yeah, they're playing good football. Yeah, I had no idea. I just remember I saw some clip that, like, uh, the coach was complaining about Trevor Lawrence turning the ball over and whatnot. And I was like, oh, but they're 7-3. and three. And so, like, they're, they're a good football team. And that I didn't see that coming. So, you got to win the AFC South. Um, and that, there's plenty of football left that, that, that can happen. So, I mean, they can get into the playoffs. I, I'm not the best person to ask for this stuff. I never even played in a playoff game. Like, I played six years in the NFL. I never played in a playoff game. It was terrible. That's so, like you, Brandon. It's just like, I know what it takes to win in the NFL. I have no idea what happens when you get to the playoffs. Zero. Why did he bring Hello. that up, well, Ashley? You guys have more in common than we thought. <laughs> Look at that. 13 years um, never made it to the playoffs. I want to switch gears with you, David, for a oh, second, and I want to talk tech. 13 years never made it to the playoffs. And I came under the same tree. I've said this story so many times on this platform, but um, 2006, right, we are going through the draft process, Okay. I'm scheduled to go. I went to Kansas City. And when you go on these trips uh, pre-draft, they actually give you per diem. The Kansas City Chiefs gave me like an $85 check that I still haven't cashed. It's like sitting there in my office, okay? So I go there. And then all of a sudden, I'm headed to the airport, Ashley, and my agent calls me, Kennard McGuire. He's like, hey, uh, the Houston Texans want you to fly there. So I go to Houston, right? Well, that was all we were on the schedule. I go to Houston. Guess who I'm sitting with? I'm sitting with Kyle Shanahan, your guy, your coach. Kyle Shanahan's like, hey, man, we're, 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 we, we just picked up Aaron Moulds. Remember Moulds? Did you play with Moulds? Eric Moulds. Eric oh, yeah. Moulds. Did you play with him? Yes. So y'all just traded for him uh, from yeah. Buffalo. And so he's like, we only got a first and a third round. We need a wide receiver. Uh, you're probably not going to be there. We're not going to take one in the first, probably not in the third. So let's just watch film, right? Anyways. I leave there, hit it to the airport to go back to Orlando, Florida. I get a call from my agent, Kanar McGuire. He's like, hey, now you're going to Denver. So now I go to Denver, and Shanahan, Coach Cotton, the big Shanahan, he draft, he ended up drafting me, right? So I came through in that era, you know what I mean? Like that Shanahan, you know, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. So we do have a lot in common. So think about that, bro. 
I'm on the Denver Broncos. They they were in the AFC Championship in 2005. Yeah. Still didn't make the playoffs my four yeah, years there. No idea how lucky they are. We had a we had a practice squad player get cut, go to the Colts, win a Super Bowl, <laughs> got cut from the Colts, go to the Saints, win a Super Bowl, got cut from the Saints and put on the Giants and won a Super Bowl. Back to back to back Super Bowl, three different teams. Uh, and like never played more than probably like eight snaps in a game. Ashley, I always thought that was good. Like, it, it, you know, you have that in the year. I had a guy training here, Ashley, for like two years. And he was just still trying to hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. And he ended up getting a call from the Philadelphia, no, the L.A. Rams, the year they won the Super Bowl. He gets a call two weeks before postseason. And then they go on his run and he wins the Super Bowl. This is a guy that was on the street for two years. And then all of a sudden he's there. Now he has a ring. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Wow. Unbelievable. But anyways, Ashley, I know we're reminiscing. See what happens when you bring two old dudes together? I love it. I love story time. Listen, we'll switch gears a little bit. I want to talk some tech because uh, the Breakaway data app is very, very cool for people who don't know. If you look on the website, it basically targets three things. What you did in a game, what you did in training, and then what you did the other 20 hours of the day. So talk to me about the mindset behind it, the ideology behind it, how it came about all of it yeah so when i was finishing playing um is when they started putting gps devices on all of us they started tracking everything we were doing the weight room there's force plates there's things on our um on the uh, dumbbells and uh, kind of everything measuring what we were doing and kind of trying to get a better understanding of, of who we were as athletes and i started seeing all this stuff pile up pile up when I finished ball, I went to graduate school and started getting into sports analytics, sports tech, and um, I was on the other side. I was actually creating tech that was uh, monitoring players. And throughout that process, I realized, like, these guys don't have any access to this. I mean, these teams are evaluating their rosters. They're, they're making decisions in free agency. Um, they're making decisions about in-game play from this data, yet the athletes don't have access to it. And to me, I just, that just felt wrong. And so I wanted to make sure that someone created a technology, someone created a platform, someone created an app, essentially, that, that gave athletes access to their information. Um, mm. And let's start from that process. Let's give them access um, and make sure they have it. Now, some guys, as any athlete and anyone that played sports can would know, that they wouldn't be interested in it, and that's fine. But there are other athletes who would really lean in and want to use it to improve their career, and they deserve that right. And so that's what, we're, what we really provide here at Breakaway. So we work with professional leagues. We work with all the professional players associations. We're starting with colleges. And then I eventually, as more data and uh, technology starts going downstream, we want to bring this to the everyday athlete and then high school athletes. But um, we've really seen a lot of love with the NWSL and the NWSLPA and those women and what they do on a daily basis. Um, the Gotham FC who won, they were the first uh, team to really adopt what we're doing. And so that's been fun to watch. Uh, starting to get a lot more attention in basketball and, and, and those athletes as, as everyone's paying more attention to load monitoring and what that means and what it doesn't mean. Um, but overall, it's just been, <clears throat> it's been really fun to stay involved with ball, stay involved yeah. with and the data and everything that comes off it. Cause there's not a good story that doesn't include a data point. You want to argue LeBron versus Michael Jordan. What are you going to talk about? You're going to talk about data points. You're going to talk about championships. You're going to talk about minutes played. You're going to talk about height and weight and dunks and wins and and all this stuff, right? And so those are all data points and sports important story tool, uh, storytelling tools that I, that I just think athletes should have access to, and that's that's really the heart of it. 
Well, two athletes that that stood out to me that are featured on your website, you you know, the official athletes app of the NFL Players Association. We see that athletes unlimited USA football. And then if you look at join, you know, elite athletes across the globe, there are some names there that may stick out to you, Brandon. We have the point God himself, Chris Paul, CP3, but also a guy who uh, played football just yesterday, who probably is tracking his data like what the hell just happened. Patrick Mahomes. Yep. So kind of tell me the story about how you got, got them involved. I mean, these are two of the biggest athletes in the world. Um, so Mahomes is the new Tom Brady uh, TB12 of the world. He's got a team of people. And so I don't want to pretend that like he's, he's the one clicking on the phone and doing all this stuff. But he has a team of people that really support him, uh, his mind, his body, uh, what he does from preparation and what he does um, off uh, outside the Kansas City room. Um, uh, the Kansas City locker room and outside the Kansas City facilities. And so, like, he's been great. We've uh, we've used uh, speed with him. We've collected uh, his his tracking data for him and helped him, his team analyze it. So we've really given him a lot of information <clears throat> that he uses um, on Tuesdays and Fridays as well as information that um, he uses kind of in the offseason uh, when it's time to figure out what he can do next year, what he should be doing this in the offseason to prepare for a better next year. Um the 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 Chris Paul situation has been ideal, right? Like he was a Brandon. And I know this when you, and still to this day blows my mind. When you finish playing a game, you go on the bus and then they give you a white piece of paper that has all your stats. And then if you want to look up stats from the week prior, you got to go to like ESPN.com or NFL.com like a fan to compare your own stuff. And then maybe you can go ask the stat guy at your team for or the video guy. But like I was always like. Let's just give the players their info. So that was the first thing we built, Chris, was like the app had all his stats, all the stuff that he found important, all the advanced analytics, and then he started adding more and more stuff to it. And so we've really learned a lot from these players in terms of it's wildly different what's important to them. Sport by sport, wildly different what they get and what uh, what they use it for. But the thesis is like you have data and stats and information that's collected on you. You should have access to it. And, and when and when you do that for athletes, it's fun to see how they how they really kind of uh, bond with their own information. Because in a lot of ways, it's like looking at a mirror, you know. And, and you get to kind of nitpick what you want to fix and what uh, what you're good at. That's dope. That's dope. Quick question, real quick. My qu- my only question on business: uh, What's harder, football or business? Ooh. Um. <clears throat> I grew so comfortable with the with being taxed physically that that it, that was so easy, um, and that stepping on the field and practicing, I knew what I needed to do. I knew I had to win a certain amount of one on ones. I had to win a certain amount of reps. You had to catch a certain amount of balls. You had to prepare a certain way. And all that was perfectly ironed out. And you knew if you were good or bad every day. You got this thumbs up, thumbs down, and you would watch it on film and break it down. Mm -hmm. And not only that, you and everyone around you was held accountable to pretty much the same measurement. Did you win or did you lose? And did you win your individual battles uh, that ultimately led to the winning the larger battle? That was the best, right? That and, And that does not exist in the real world. Um, it, it, there are measurements, people have KPIs, they have EBITDA, they have growth numbers, they have all these different things. And it seems like everyone emphasizes something different. The business world is hard because it is not so matter of fact, people try to make it like it is, but it is not. And, um, 
it is it is frankly not as transparent as pro professional sports, right? Like the wins, the losses, you know exactly what someone's supposed to do, what they get paid, how they're supposed to function. So I miss that. Um, but like, I don't miss uh, running uh, and getting just absolutely my body demolished on a daily basis. <laughs> um, so like, that is nice to sit here and chat about football. Um, but like, uh, I would say the, 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 the physical aspect did not bother me about football playing and grinding. So like that was certainly easier. Um, the mental aspect of business is, is harder. Right. Uh, I, I find cause mm. it's, it's the, the nuances get you Great. So maybe, maybe a little bit of both. I great, guess, great, great, great answer. And I appreciate that. You know, I'm on that same journey. This is the Pepsi zero sugar NFL rookie of the week. Uh, conversation, yo, rookie. So before we let you go, uh, any thoughts on what Tank Dell, CJ Stroud is doing in Texas? I love what they're doing there. You know, uh, when you get a rookie quarterback, you're worried about two things. You're worried about uh, turnovers and you're worried about sacks. And uh, he is frankly like dominating those two. CJ Stroud and the Texans are dominating those two things. Low, what, 22 sacks? Um, on the season, which is nothing, and uh, five, a handful of interceptions, which is amazing considering the amount of attempts he's taking care of the football, which means he's always giving his team a chance to win. Um, and that's all D'Amico needs. He's going to have that defense uh, revved up, ready to go. Um, and so CJ has really uh, uh, taken a hold of the leadership role and understood what he needed to do to win. They've gone out and just beaten teams, like what I mentioned the Denver Broncos haven't done. Uh, and they've also won ugly. Uh, which is what you need to do in order to kind of get uh, stack up those wins in order to get into the playoffs. Um, they're still a very young team. Tank Dell making these plays out there had a couple amazing catches. I watched that exact route. Oh, you know what I'm talking about? What was that route? I didn't know you had this amount of time in the NFL <laughs> these days. I thought I mean, you can never do a double move in the middle of the field when we were playing. That didn't exist. Um, but like the, they're creative. They're fun to watch. Um, and I'm with you. You mentioned this about rookies early on is that a lot of teams catch up uh, and they've, they've now seen you for whatever you put six, seven, eight, nine, ten weeks of game on uh, of a game on film. They start to scout you harder. They know more what you're good and you're bad at. And a lot of rookies have that dip. These two look like they're going up and I like seeing that. Um, and my hope is it just keeps going up. There's going to be little setbacks, but you're hoping it's like the stock market that it just keeps going up to the right. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm happy where the franchise is. I'm happy who's leading it and uh, uh, from behind center as well as on the sideline. So I think the, the Texans got a bright future for sure. Love it. There you go. David, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us about football, business, and story time with Brandon Marshall. Yeah. If you guys want to go ahead and vote for your favorite rookie this week, head over to NFL.com slash voting slash rookies. Again, that's NFL.com slash voting slash rookies. David, thank you so much. Text me. And this has been Yo Rookie, presented by Pepsi Zero Sugar, NFL Rookie. All right, now, listen, guys, before we head over to the Series XM portion of our show, Brandon, you're going on tour. Oh, yes, ma'am. Tell ma people where you're headed. So we're going to Shy Time. Shy, I can't. Why, I keep chopping this up every time I talk about it. I act like I didn't play three years there. Chicago, Shy Town, eleven twenty nine. That is next Wednesday. Super excited about this. Ashley been working on um, a collaboration with Cam. Any collaboration with Cam for almost two years. We go back to when we were playing 
uh, ball. We end up doing like the pyramid game with Michael Strahan, and that's when we were like, "Dang man, chemistry is pretty dope," you know. And we start doing some things offline, and boom, now we're here. He has his platform. We're building our platform, and so it made sense for us to go out and take Funky Friday and I Am Athlete and Paper Route and Fourth and One all on the route road together. So it's going to be a bit of a process. You know, we have big plans, big dreams. Chicago's up first, and we're just going to have an amazing time. Like, I, it's, it's hard for me to explain it. It's just like the same conversations people enjoy uh, watching on YouTube and on ser- listening to SiriusXM is just live with, mo- with food and drinks and some other elements as well. It might be some music. I believe uh, we have a promo that we can go ahead and play oh. for the people. So can we run that? Oh, oh, let's do it. One, I there two. we go. Get down. Even if you are not ready for the day. Baby talk to be the boss. I beg the talk to be the boss. Look at me. You know what to see. Even if you are not ready for the day, it cannot always be night. And more dates will be announced, I'm assuming, right? Yes, more dates will be announced leading up to the Super Bowl and beyond. So excited about that. City Winery, Chicago, go ahead and purchase your ticket or follow us on IG, like Ashley said, and we'll see you in Chi-Town. And this has been Paper Route. Now, if you guys want to go ahead and keep listening to us, head over to SiriusXM Faction Talk 103. We're ending the video portion of the show, but there's a lot more. So I can take off my makeup? And to talk about, you can. You can take off your makeup. Um... You can go ahead and and relax a little bit. Thank you guys so much for joining us. And we'll be back tomorrow for Hump Day, my favorite day of the week. Peace, guys. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Friday, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. They stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters Friday. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
On this episode of Plant Killers, we'll explore one nation's most notorious fruit and vegetable killer, bad dirt. What makes bad dirt so bad? The answer, the ingredients. But fear not, true crime enthusiasts. This story has a happy ending. New miracle Grow organic raised bed and garden soil. It's made with quality organic ingredients from upcycled green waste like compost and aged bark. Unlike the other guys who can't say the same. Looks like bad dirt's murdering days are over. Thanks to miracle Grow. Join us next time on Plant Killers. All right, everybody listening to Sirius XM Faction Talk 103. I'm Ashley Nicole Moss with a horrible sounding voice, but that's okay. We power on through. Brandon Marshall's in the building. And uh, we got some more stuff to talk about. We're going to switch gears a little bit and talk some basketball. Is that okay with you, Brandon? Yeah. What do you mean if it's okay with me? Like, I do this. Just, I do this. I'm just, just making sure. That's okay. all. Okay, 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 okay. All, all right, right, listen. Um, we're going to talk about Luca. Are you a Luca fan? Where would you rate Luca right now in your top 10 players in the NBA? Top five? Top yeah, 10? he's definitely top five. Uh, I mean, damn, two years ago, <clears throat> two and a half years ago, you know, we, we started the conversation, uh, you know, how, how quickly will he become the face of the NBA, the best player in the NBA? Um, so he's right there for sure. Last year, you know, it was a missed opportunity. Didn't get it done. He's back on track this year. Um, Ashley, like, I think he's he's putting himself back in that conversation. Am I well, the face of the NBA? Luca's body is always in the conversation. What? And what I mean by that is he's not the most physical specimen of an NBA player. You know, you think of, like, a LeBron James. Right. Or you think of, a, you know, a Jimmy Butler. Or, you know, you think of D. Wade in his prime. You know, he's not those guys. He looks a little bit different. Well, the Mavs are diving into that and and taking a little bit of creative liberty to make fun of their guy. Take a look at this. Some say I'm in the best shape ever. They're right. And you can be too. Thanks to Body by Luca. Staying fit has never been this much fun. Body by Luca. Come on. Work it. Yeah. Come on. Other side go. Feel the burn. Oh, yeah. Squat. Squat. Sweat is just your body crying, so let it out. Body by Luca. Body by Luca. Body by Luca. Body by Luca. All right, Brandon, listen, you were all about mind, body, and soul, how's the athlete, nutrition, all of that. Are you investing in body by Luca? I am. I am. I would, I'll invest uh, into body by Luca. Absolutely. Like what he's been able to do from a year, like everybody's looking for transformation, right? Like we're, we trends and fats. It's a trend and fat for sure. And sometimes it's okay to indulge in a trend or fat, right? Luca goes from where he was last year to 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 dominate in this year. He's doing something right. I want it. I want in. I want in on his body by Luca. I love. I love this whole spoof thing. They need to make it a reality. Make a lot of money doing it. That's hilarious. Listen, Would you? I, I actually, I saw, I saw Luke at the Miami Open last year, shotgun two beers at one time. <laughs> no, you did not. Highly impressive. <laughs> no, it was impressive. You, I was no, impressed. you did not. So 
I did. True story. They put him on the jumbotron. He shotgun two beers at one time. How, you mean was, like two, like in both hands, double fists? It was a shotgun. Just yeah, it was. It was insane. Wow. Now I wonder why. It was great. Body by Luca. I'm here for it. He's from Cro Croatia. He's from Croatia. Um, I think he is from. Let me go ahead. I want to say Slovenia. Luca. Let me look up right now. Hold on. Let me. Yeah, so he's so he's from Slovenia. Okay. He's Slovenian. They drink a lot of beer over there. I guess I don't know, but mm. whatever. I mean, he also is in Dallas. They drink a lot of beer in Dallas and things like that. A lot of barbecue, a lot of beer. So, right. That's his thing. Listen, um, the Bucks they're catching up to the Celtics. Um, after a slow start, the Bucks are getting closer to the Celtics in the East. Boston loses in overtime to the Charlotte Hornets yesterday, which is absolutely insane, despite Jason Tatum, excuse me, dropping 45 points. Now, Giannis scores 40-plus in Milwaukee's win. It's definitely, if you're a Celtics fan, you're not happy with the outcome of that Hornets game. Like I said, Jason Tatum, 45 points. But the rest of the starters were a little bit quiet. You had Jalen Brown on that massive deal. Didn't even have 20. I believe he had 13. Are you worried about the Boston Celtics? Listen, I, I was listening to a few people talk about uh, the East today on different shows or just the NBA and how things are setting up. Um, I'm not worried about the Boston Celtics, but let's not get it twisted. They're not, they're not running away with the East like some people think. I know you're high on, on the Celtics. We haven't, talk, haven't spoken about this in a couple of weeks, so I don't know where you're at now. They're playing phenomenal basketball. But who would have thought the 76ers would be playing this type of way? I think Embiid is the most dominant player in the NBA. I've been saying that for a hey, couple Philly's of years. Incredible, incredible basketball. That's yeah. right. And then the Bucks, like, I mean, or is who is Giannis the best player in the NBA? Yes or no? Like, cause I know some people over the last couple of years they they've had him at the top. Like, who's the best player? I'm, I would I'm being say honest. He's definitely top five. Who, who's number one? Number one. It depends on who you ask. No, I'm asking who you think. I for me, it's Jokic. Yeah, I can. Yeah, because of what he's been doing, like right now. Yeah, Jokic is. I feel like the top player. But I would go Jokic. I mean, I probably put Giannis second, truthfully. So I don't feel okay. like it's that more. I don't feel like it's a drastic fall off. Right. So you put you put Giannis and Dame together. That's where the concern for Boston comes in at. Like I think they're I think they're going to be a stronger team for sure. Like. Giannis goes for 40-something last night, 42. Uh, a couple nights ago, Dame goes crazy when Giannis is on the bench, right? Like, come on. I, 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 like, I like the Bucks. This is going to be an exciting year. And Ashley, is it not ironic that the NBA is putting out a better product so far during this time? Well, no, I can't well, say that. They always, start, they always start good, but then comes – you know, another month from now, that's when I feel like things start to dip a little bit. That's a that's a great segue to our next topic here. And that's Tom Brady. He said that he is not impressed by the level of play in the NFL compared to years past. Now, Brady recently said that there's, quote, a lot of mediocrity in today's NFL and that he doesn't see the excellence that used to be in the league. Brandon. Big quote from the GOAT. Yes, big quote. Big quote from the GOAT. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Yeah, he said a lot. This was on Stephen A. Smith's podcast. 
And uh, they also talked about, you know, just the physicality of the game. And so um, this is tough. I think the players, Ashley, I I believe the players are better today than they were even when I was playing. Wide receivers, defensive backs, okay, they're coming like in athletic. right away. And, you know, they, they, they're impacting the game like now. Back in like the day. More athletic, would you say? I wouldn't even say more athletic. I mean, they're just freak athletes, but. I wouldn't even say that. It's like they're 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 prepared and ready for the moment, right? Like so better. You're so not better scared. Athletes. It's but there's some mental to it as well because when I just think athlete, I just think like you know they're oh, no, faster. I'm talking athlete completely, mind, body, soul. Yeah, I think I think they're better and are impacting okay. the, the game faster. The game is younger, and 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 this is to Brady's point where the. Um, the sweet science may be dipping a little bit because now we're leaning a lot on the physical. You bring in a Justin Jefferson, he goes crazy through three years, right? Like that, that was hard to do. You had the only comparison was Randy Moss from what, 20 years ago, right? It's right. hard for guys to do that. It's hard for quarterbacks to come in and do what Joe Burrow did, right? But when you think about Tom Brady and what he's saying, it's about like clean football, sophistication, right? Operation, two-minute drills. And, and we're, we're talking about, and this is where the game even is beyond me, right? Because like as a wide receiver, you're not a part of all these meetings. You're not, you don't have to think about all these things. We're talking about, like last night I was watching the game and uh, uh, the Patrick Mahomes was in a two-minute drive. I'm watching the Manning cast. So they're in their two-minute operation. They have no timeouts. They have four, 13 or 14 seconds on the clock. I believe it was. And he's talking about we no let's let's back it up a little bit, two minute drill, there it's like two thirty, and Peyton Manning's like we got to get two plays off before the two minute drill before the two minute warning right, it's like that like do these coaches know that do uh, or does does the quarterbacks understand that, thirteen seconds left in the game there's no or in a half there's no time there's no timeouts, we can't we can't we got to get this ball to the sideline they got to get out of bounds. Can we can we run a play, get the ball to the ref, and stop the clock if we don't get out of bounds? That's what Brady is talking about. When you watch the game now, it's just guys out there making plays. The sophistication is not there. Um, so I definitely understand it, but the game is still exciting. So I, I hear what Brady is saying, and I agree with him, but I still think that the the, the product is amazing. But then explain where he says he doesn't see the excellence he to see in the league does that mean that the level of see how I took that was he's saying that when he was playing there were a lot of top tier players yep now to what how I interpreted that is that you have your top tier players and then there's a drastic drop off to the next tier it's not as evenly synced as it was when he was playing where you had tier one and then tier two was maybe if you were imagining this on a map, an inch below that. Now it's like tier one, and it's a few feet until you get to tier two. Like right. that's how I took it, is what right. he was saying. Well, he he said a key word. He said excellence, right? And and I think that has a ha, that plays into it, Ashley. But think about who Tom Brady is. You know, a lot of these guys come in and their shoes have to be in a certain place. We're talking about in their in their, in their locker room, practice facility. Jersey has to be hung a certain way, facing a certain way. We're talking about really intentional in everything they do. 
So when you say excellence, right, there's an amazing documentary out there called Jero Loves Sushi. Have you ever heard of that documentary or watched that documentary? I haven't, no. You would love it. It's just, it's it's about um, a a sushi chef out in Japan. It's right underneath uh, a subway. This is a legendary guy. Everybody knows about him. It's only 10 seats. And this documentary captures his approach, his routine, and his excellence, right? And this is right in the subway center, okay? And so when you watch that documentary or you think about people like that, it's just like when it's from a, a service standpoint, from a performance standpoint, there's levels to it. So prime example is last night, and this is what I really believe uh, uh, Tom is talking about and where I agree with him. You have A.J. Brown, who I do believe is excellent, um, and he, he try, he's mastering his craft. But last night he runs an end cut. And then he gets lazy on his route at the top where he starts fading up. So he gives the defense a back a, t- a, a chance, an opportunity to undercut him and pick the ball off. Some people are going to look at Jalen Hurts like Jalen Hurts threw a pick. But that really was on the sloppiness at the top of the route. That's what Tom Brady is talking about. Like, where's the attention to detail, the excellence? And I think that's just an anomaly for those guys because both of those guys are aiming at mastering their craft. But it's that. It's the operation that I talked about. Two minute, we're in a two minute mode. We have, I don't think they had any timeouts. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. We're at 2.30. You hear Peyton Manning say, oh, you got it. It was so fast for him. We got to find a way to get two plays off before uh, the two minute warning, right? Because that's a timeout. That's essentially a timeout. But see, does the offensive coordinator, which Andy Reid knows, does Patrick Mahomes, does, do, do, do he has that down like that? Right. So... I think that uh, Tom is right, but I love where the game's at. And it is leaning more physical and guys just playing because, you know, at a higher level because these guys are coming in and they're asked to play uh, right away. And it takes time for those guys to get there. And and it, and it, and it may not ever go back because you got to think about it. There aren't the, the savvy vets that's been around eight, nine years uh, that's teaching the guys the way, that way. Like we're talking about little things like run off the field, Ashley. In between the lines, like these are just fundamentals, things that you learn in Pop Warner. All right, the whistle ain't blown, you're running. You're going off the field, run all the way to the line. Little details. I see it when I'm out there uh, watching little guys play high school. It's like, come on, y'all ain't got it. Run back to the ball. You catch the ball in practice, finish for 10 yards. They're not doing the little things. That's excellence. Well, listen, we will, when Brady talks, people listen. That's right. So I think that that in itself is something that people will constantly be talking about and maybe even using as a inspiration to take their games to the next level. We will see. But speaking of taking things to the next level, the Vikings have been without Justin Jefferson since early October, and they have one more game before their bye week, and he may be brought back after the bye Now, the Vikings have won every game he's missed except this past one against Brandon's Denver Broncos. Um, If you're in Minnesota, can you afford, after the bye, to sit J.J. out another week? You don't have a a choice. If he's not ready, you don't play him because these hamstrings, these soft tissue injuries are nagging, and it could really just throw off a guy's entire career. And and it's like the easiest thing to, it's like the less stressful thing to deal with when it comes to injury, 
right? Like an ACL, that's like, man, that's scary. Achilles is scary. You know, a neck injury is scary. A hamstring is just like, man, do I have the right process in place so I don't run into that nagging uh, uh, process, right? And so uh, if he's not feeling comfortable, uh, if he can't go full speed, I don't think you force it. I don't think you do that. So it's all on JJ. And I think what they said last week was he was out there a little bit, but he's he's not conditioned. He don't feel good that he can – he doesn't feel confident that he can go for four quarters. He don't feel that he can, you know, go at that level, that speed, you know, for extended period of time. So it may take another week or two. And I think when you deal with this, you always take an extra week. Just don't rush it. Don't rush it at all. Yeah, I mean, if the, the saga of Joe Burrow has taught us anything, it's rushing any player back, especially one that's so pivotal to your offense, is never, never a good idea. Um, speaking of a team that is missing a player, an important piece, maybe some good news for the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson. Coach John Harborough says that there is an outside chance that Mark Andrews could return this season and that the injury has he suffered isn't origin isn't as bad as originally feared so as we know it was reported that he probably was out for the season coach harborough is now saying that that's not the case and andrews could return to the team later this season so the question is if that's not the case and he remains out can lamar win in the playoffs without andrews uh yes it definitely hurts because when you go back to, you know, when Lamar first took over as this as the the, the starting quarterback of this organization, uh, Mark Andrews emerged as the guy super fast. Right. Like that's his guy. He's comfortable uh, with Lamar. Lamar's comfortable with him. Right. And so right. it definitely hurts. I mean, he's already having a great year, um, you know, six almost 600 yards with what, six seven games left, whatever it is, you know, so he's on track to hit a thousand. Um, and they haven't even hit that stride yet. I would say you go back to 21, he had over a thousand yards. Um, but I say yes, because it's, you need three guys, you need three pass catchers, Ashley. Okay. It could be in any form. It could be three wide receivers. It could be two wide receivers, one tight end. It could be two tight ends and a running back, but you need three guys that extremely that's extremely dynamic. When I say two tight ends and a running back, that's what Brady did for a lot of uh, for a lot of years, right? Being able to do that with that type of combo. And so when you look at how this team is constructed, right? You got Zay Flowers, Nelson Aguilar is still there, savvy vet. He's made pl- some big plays throughout the year. It's like in key moments, he's the player that's been making the plays, but then you also have uh DuVernay uh, young guy, and you have Rashad Bateman, right? Odell Beckham Jr. So you know for sure you got Zay Flowers and Odell Beckham Jr. Rashad Bateman is still there. He hasn't gotten rolling. Maybe this, this is an opportunity to really uh, emerge and take off and never look back. Nelson Aguilar, you have him, and Devin. So w- the reason why I say you need three, because back in the day it was like, all right, I got an X and I got a Z. I got a one and I got a two. And so the defense wasn't as sophisticated back then. So you can take out, you know, the number one guy, like the Chiefs took out A.J. Brown last night, but then 
you have uh, Smitty. You got Smitty who goes for almost 100 yards, 90-something yards, right? He emerges. But you have the running game. You have, you know, the tight end. You have even Julio Jones out there that that that's, that oppose a threat, right? So, okay, cool. You take out my number one guy. Now the other guys emerge. What's also easy to do, and this is where people and defensive coordinators start really tapping into a bigger bag, is they'll take out your one and your two. So who's that third guy? That third guy to me is the most important guy because, all right, you're going to take out myself and Eric Decker. You're going to take out myself and Alshon Jeffrey, right? Okay, cool, no problem. But we got a three like in Martellus Bennett that's going to threaten you. Threaten you. We got a three in Quentin Inouye that's also going to thrash you, right? So um, I think they're going to be fine. I think that it's going to take some time for that three to really emerge because Odell Beckham Jr. just got going. Zay Flowers been going. So who's going to be that person? Is Nelson Aguilar going to uh, uh, take more more of that role? He's been flashing at times. Rashad Bateman, here we go. Let's go, brother. What time, What are we doing? What are we doing? Come on. It's been a couple of years. People aren't aware, tight end Mark Andrews, it was reported that he was going to be out for the season with an ankle injury. Um, and that was about four days ago. And about 22 hours ago, it was reported, like I said, that he could possibly return this season after tests on his ankle came back better than expected. So, Brandon, for people who are confused how you can go from just four days ago it being reported that he's completely out for the season and have that kind of a turnaround, walk us through the testing and the diagnosis process did they jump the gun four days ago or does this just happen yeah i mean when you so most guys get second opinions right and the reason why we get second opinions is not because you know you don't believe in their doctor like these these team doctors are your doctors but Sometimes these team doctors aren't great. So when you hear of guys getting second opinions, it's because they're going to their doctor or other doctors outside of the building, right? And so um, that's part of the process, Ashley, where the team doctor could give one uh, report and you go get that second opinion. It could be totally different and that could change, you know, um, the process, right? Also, it's one of those things where, you know, it's like what Aaron Rodgers is doing. You know, it could be – it's like Aaron Rodgers should – we shouldn't even be having this conversation about Aaron Rodgers coming back, right? You got, an, you got an Achilles, you're done for the year, we'll see you next year. But sometimes there's a push. You've seen Aaron Rodgers you – see, we see Aaron Rodgers doing it. You saw Ray Lewis do it. Like, look, we're probably going to make it to the playoffs. Don't put me on IR because the rules were a little different back then. You put me on IR, now I'm done. I can't – I'll see you later, see you next year. Now, you know, you there's two sets of IR where you can come back depending on what time of year, et cetera, et cetera. But guys are saying, like superstars are saying, don't put me on IR if we have an opportunity to be in postseason or make the Super Bowl. And so I think that uh, they know how important Mark Andrews is, and there's probably push there because, like, we got, what, six, seven games left, and then it's going to take a couple weeks to get back into the football shape. So he's probably, like, you know, most people be like, oh, I'm done for the year. But he's probably going to take it up a couple notches just to be in position uh, if the team is still there. Well, listen, we will go ahead and keep eyes on what's going on in Baltimore. But a very interesting expert from excerpt 
from Travis Kelsey, who just recently graced the cover of the Wall Street Journal magazine. Um, he talked about everything from football to Taylor Swift, but it wasn't his his comments on Taylor Swift that got people raising their eyebrows. It was actually his comments about retirement. He says that he admits that he ultimately thinks about retirement often, not just once, not just twice, but often saying that the punishment to his body, the 10 surgeries that he's had to have are starting to catch up to him. Listen, Brandon, I mean, Travis Kelsey is 34 years old, I believe. So he's up there in age when it comes to football years. If the Chiefs win a Super Bowl this season, can you see Travis Kelsey walking away? No, because we had him on the show. Remember when we talked to him? I asked him about retirement, and he said he's he's having fun. And he's a lot different than what he told us, though, Brandon. He says he thinks about it often, and that the injuries and the punishment to his body, the multiple surgeries, he said ten surgeries, are starting to catch up to him. Yeah, do you I th think that? Because of how, and I mean, also, if you look how he's, since the last Super Bowl win of the Kansas City Chiefs, look at all the things that he has done. He's kind of laying the foundation down for himself from SNL to Vanity Fair to the Wall Street Journal magazine to multiple commercials, his right. podcast. I mean, he is in a very prime and lucrative chapter in his life that if he were to walk away let's say hypothetically this season he he already has that next chapter set and it's already rocking and rolling like yeah. and let's not forget who his girlfriend is right but yes but can't can't build it off of that cuz we don't know what's going to happen of course, okay but you so know. so listen um one of the things that i learned in the nfl being around um watching older guys uh uh you know mentors in the league general manager here coach there one of the things that you know, they would say is don't talk about it because soon as you start talking about it, it happens or things just start changing. Right. Um, because you want to keep that maintain the purity of what you're doing. And it's tough. He's 34. And this is exactly why I asked him the question is because probably you're at 32. And even now, even more even more so because of everything you said, that stuff starts to creep in. And when it creeps in, it gets real challenging. And so that's why I asked him that question. And he went the opposite. He was like, you know, I'm, I feel good. You know, I'm going to keep playing, blah, 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 blah. But as you go each day and each week, it's, and I, I, wish, I wish people could feel this. Like, do you, I wish people could understand, like, when you, so they played last night. He get out of bed. He probably got out of bed at 8 a.m. Maybe. I don't know. Slept in. I don't know what he was doing. But say he got out of bed at 8 a.m. That walk from, first of all, him just getting up and then putting his feet down, that may take two minutes. And then that walk to the bathroom, that's painful because you're, ugh. And then going down the steps, watch you watch these fo these football players when they're going up and down steps, they turn sideways, right? Because there's a knee or a hip, something or ankle, something's bothering them, something's something something hurts. And so in those moments, that's when you're thinking about everything you see. It's like, damn, I got all this other stuff rolling. My body hurt right now. I just dropped the ball, fumbled the ball, lost. Like, man, is this shit over? Am I done? So he 
he's going he's going through this process right now and he, he's going through these ebbs and flows of emotions so um i understand where he's at um but i don't think that he'll retire next year you know cuz i literally asked him that question you 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 do that i i would say it would be smart to do it go off go I, like who gets there's only a few guys to get the opportunity to go out on top. Ray Lewis was able to do it. I think Peyton Manning was able to do it, right? Barry Sanders. Remember, he just walked away from the game. Yeah, but I'm talking about winning the Super Bowl because you asked me about oh. Super Bowl, right? That's like true. win a Super Bowl and I mean, you he's already, already done it, though. Huh? He's already done it multiple times, though. Yeah, but think about how sweet that is. You win a Super Bowl because then you say that if he wins a Super Bowl, can I see him retire? Did you say that? Or did yeah. you not say that? Okay, so like I think did about. Say that. You you you're already you're pretty much the go at tight end. You got everything rolling off the field. Great job there. And you win a Super Bowl. Woo! That's legendary. But I mean, I, he won't do it. He won't do it because because you gonna have Patrick Mahomes in his ear, Andy Reid in his ear. You know, brother, 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 let's go. This dynasty, we ain't solidified this dynasty. That pressure is going to be too tough, too much. I mean, it's interesting. When I had interviewed, I interviewed Michael Irvin at Super Bowl in, a, in Los Angeles. And one thing he told me, this is when Tom Brady retired, just to ultimately unretire a few months later. And he said that a man retires, a player retires for two reasons. Loss of will or loss of skill. Mm. And... I think it's fair to say that Travis Kelsey's skill is still there, but is his will to perform and compete at the level that he's always competed as at after winning two Super Bowls, will it still be there next season or the season after or the season after that? And also you have to think about his brother. His brother's up there in age as well. I believe he's the second oldest center in the NFL. I'm sure he's starting to. So they retired. With they the retired. Idea. They retired the same time on their podcast. Same just, year. Well, my question was, mm. you know, he's probably dabbling with the idea For of retirement sure. too. I believe he's 36 years old. The second old, the first mm. oldest, I believe, is the center in on he's the 36. Jets. I believe he's 38. Mm -hmm. I mean, can you see if Jason retires, that starts to get the wheel moving even more with Travis? I can see them strategically doing something together. Like these dudes are super savvy uh, in their brands separately and together. Um, I don't think, I think they're on their own. It's either they're going to do something cool together or they're, you know, they're going to stay on their separate paths, you know, from a football mm -hmm. standpoint. Um, these are two positions though, Ashley, where you can play a very long time at center. You can lose skill, you can lose speed and you can lose strength uh, and still, play at a high level. I've played with the Tom Nalens of the world and the Casey Wigmans of the world that just were so smart. The center position, it's like a quarterback, right? And you just have to get all the other guys in the right position and then you use those guys. So like you can slide protection, bring in a guard. You can do certain things there to cover up for your loss of skill. Um, I can see Jason Kelsey retiring before Travis Kelsey for sure but also at the tight end position that's another position where you can dominate right because mm -hmm. it's all about it's being a route runner is like being an actor the best you are at acting the best uh you know the more separation you will get right and you don't have to be fast you don't have to be uh super quick to do it 
It's just like it's like you turn your head to the left as you're running straight, and they're like, oh, he's about to go that way. And then at the top of your route, you go the opposite way. So you like find different techniques. You use their. He did it last night on the on the third down that he dropped. He leaned into him, used his body language, uh, body leverage against him, whipped out, boom, right there for third down. I think he ended up dropping the ball. Uh, Tony Gonzalez played in that same uniform. Tony Gonzalez played until he was 40, and he still was catching 80, 90 balls, going to Atlanta, catching 80, 90, 100 balls. Why? Because it's just about running the stick route, get turning around right now. Like, it's so simple. It's so easy. It's not hard at all. Larry Fitzgerald was able to extend his career because he pretty much went to the tight end position. So, I think for these two, if they retire within the next year or two, it's because of loss of will, not skill. Well, listen, guys, before we close out the show, Brandon, 60 seconds, the floor is yours. You're going on tour very, very soon. Tell the people about that. Yes. If you're in Chicago, come out and see I Am Iconic. It's myself and Cam Newton bringing uh, Funky Friday and I Am Athlete uh, in front of a live audience. We did this. Uh, a couple times last year, sold all, all cities. It was magical. It was scary as hell. But actually, I felt like a I felt like a rock star doing this, and I felt like a comedian. It was like it was better than running out of the tunnel. It was Ooh. so fun, like being in front of a live audience there and people digging like your content or your storytelling. Uh, it was it was fun. It was fun. So we're going to be in Chicago, eleven twenty nine. That's next Wednesday. Um, you can get your tickets at citywinery.com. Go to Chicago, go to events, then you'll scroll down. You'll see myself and Cam Newton, a little beautiful picture right there, a little black and white picture of us. Click it, uh, and then you'll find your seats. It'll be fun. It's hard for me to explain the experience, but if you like uh, sitting down with some of your, your dopest athletes and artists, because there may be an artist come perform, come check us out. 1129 guys Chicago you don't want to miss it and that does it for, that does it for us here at Paper Route Series XM Faction Talk 103 for myself and Brandon Marshall we will see you tomorrow bye guys peace the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards the longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards why bring this up because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70 yard field goal it probably won't go well so set a limit when you gamble and stick to it want more helpful tips like this go to keepitfunohio.com for games quizzes and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand